Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think you were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? They were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem. I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will perish. He told, then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And I want you to key in on this part because this is the part we're going to focus on. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? I need a Kleenex. This is not going to be pleasant. Sir, the rent man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it, fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. Not fine. Sorry, I'm getting cut. I'm getting distracted here. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Give me one second. There are more graceful things you can do in the middle of a message, but it is what it is. Um, I'm going to come back to that text. This week I was... uh, talking with Andrea and I felt like the Lord like bringing this like measure of repentance in my own heart and something crazy happening in life I just uh, we were on vacation and and uh, you know a few nights just um enjoying food, enjoying wine together, and uh, I'm not a drunkard, that's not the point I'm making here, um, but I, uh, in November of this last year, Andrew and I sat down and asked the Lord, like, what is it that you want to speak to us for this year? And to understand something about Andrew and I, we both have had pretty, a lot of responsibility for almost all of our adult life. And that's just been the way we've lived. We had kids early, we started church early, we had a career early, like everything just happened early. And so we're constantly tapped into responsibility and that's just been the way we've lived. And and so one of the things that we intend to do, and not that this is always bad, is that we can just like Look for ways to check out. You can shut this TV off. It's like making crazy. Anyway. We look for ways to check out. And I don't know if you guys do this. And I, I, uh, 
sometimes where it's like too much, like we're like where we're con the only time we're connecting with each other is like we're living in a state of like perpetual motion, and then we're just checking out. And I felt like we felt like the Holy Spirit told us, "This is a year we want you to check in in everything you do, in Sabbath, in time with each other." I want you to check in to me in every moment. Because the goal is of the Christian life is not for us to be like the energizer battery in a flashlight that charges up and you know runs out of juice and charges up and runs out of juice. It's to be tapped in all the time with his presence in everything we do. And so... Lord was just speaking to me about the disciplines of just checking in with him. And let me go back to the text for a second. When when I when I've thought about this scripture for the millionth time this week, it's kind of a bizarre one. I thought to myself, why is there a fig tree in a vineyard? Like, this isn't a fig farm. I, and I, I was thinking that God is so focused on making the main thing of Him the main thing in your life. He will remove anything that's not the main thing. We're in a vineyard, not a big farm in this parable. Jesus is the, is the vine, and he is the vineyard, and we are the branches. And he doesn't want, like, the nourishment of his soil being focused on something else that's not the main thing. What he wants is for the, the, this vineyard to produce a harvest and for the grapes and this wine of the Spirit to flow in your life. And he will, he will cut down anything to make that happen. Even good things that aren't great things. Anything in the field not producing fruit must go away. So, a number of years ago, we were having a worship set, and I was sitting right over here, and this is the word that prompted us down the path for those of us who were with us at the time, where we, where we for a, a number of years, uh, did house church on Sunday morning. Um, this was the word that sort of like prompted that movement. I was sitting over here, and I heard, I heard the Lord just like say, I want you to go up and say this. So I th what I thought I heard the Lord say was go up and say this. But I did hear the Lord say this word to me. He said, he said, let everything die that's not of you. And I looked up at the time, it was 822, and I'm like, this is, may seem weird to you, but the Holy Spirit's like, go to Matthew 822 right now. I go to Matthew 822, and it says, let the dead bury the dead, come follow me. I was like, okay, got the, got the word. <laughs> and I went and shared this just I think we're supposed to let everything die that's not of not of him. And 
I remember thinking in that moment that what I, what I was supposed to do was share this to other people. And what I thought that God did with that word was what I thought the main thing he wanted to do, this is a long story if you weren't here, was for us to reorient the structure and flow of our church so that God could produce better fruit. And what he was actually doing was God was stripping me of an identity that was based on some kind of strength that I had. My own control. And I think a lot of times when the Lord speaks to us, we think that he wants to change some external thing, or work, or you know, whatever it is. But really, he's trying to reshape the core of us. So I want to come back to this parable for a minute. Um, I know I'm kind of jumping around, but you just got to go with me. Um, what does this parable mean? I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I, I read into you right on this later, and uh, he said this is the hardest parable to interpret probably in, in the, that Jesus said in the New Testament. So, uh, I, that's what I have to tell you. I don't know what this means. <laughs> um, one time Andrew was sitting next to me on an airplane watching me journal. It was a very funny moment. And I was like reading a scripture and then I was writing that scripture down then asking a question about that scripture and she was like reading over when I asked the question. I don't remember what the question was. And she was like curious, like what kind of insight is going to come out of here? And I wrote next to the question, I don't know. And she just started laughing out loud because she was waiting for the, the nugget. But I had no nugget. I want to read it to you again though. Then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard fig tree in the vineyard. And he went to look for the fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I have, co I have been coming to look for fruit on the fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. Well, I don't know maybe fully what this parable means. What I can tell you, what I sense the Lord saying to me this week, is that the Father has an urgency for your fruitfulness. The Father has an urgency for us to be fruitful. And Jesus is patient with our uniqueness. Now, I don't think the Father and Jesus are like doing two different things, but both things are present in this text. You have an urgency to fruitfulness and a patience for nourishment. But I, I want to say this, and it's like you can only, like when you feel it, like you realize it.
Like, we don't have unlimited time in our life to respond to the fullness of what God wants to do in us. His love is endless. His grace is sufficient. His mercy never ending. But your time is limited. We don't have an endless time to respond. John 15, 5-8 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Don't, this, this is, don't be a withering branch. And let God remove the barren fig trees in the field. Let everything die that's not of Him. So there's a story, there's a couple of fig tree moments in the New Testament. And there's one story where Jesus in Matthew 21 is going to the temple and he turns over the tables and he, you know, he confronts the religious authority. This part where he says that my, you know, he, he's de- you know, declaring his house should be a house of prayer. And he, he makes a point that they were um, cheating people out of... Um, their their items for worship. So they were selling these little uh, doves, and doves were what were sold to the poor who couldn't afford something more to, to be able to worship. And they were they were changing money in a way that was inappropriate. And Jesus is challenging the validity of their spiritual leadership, and he's turning over the temple, and and so that's that's what is going on is that Jesus in this moment is confronting the entirety of the religious system that was present. In the next the next verses, Jesus goes out with his disciples, another really strange scripture. If you think the Bible's all normal and clear, you should read the Bible. It's not. Another really strange scripture is Jesus walks by this fig tree that the Bible says is not in the season. It's not time for even figs to bear on it. It just has leaves. It's not the time of the year. He looks at the fig tree. I don't know if he's annoyed, but he's just like, he can't find food, and he just curses it and tells it to wither, and it just withers up. And I guess ultimately dies. And it, like the tree was out of season. Like That's the part that blows my mind. The tree was out of season. It could have never given the fruit that was needed. Could have never given the fruit that was needed. Like it didn't have the possibility of doing what, it, what Jesus wanted it to do in that moment. Because sometimes in life, there are things that just have to die. Like they don't even have the capability of taking you where you need to go in God. There are things we have to let go of. 
Israel, these religious leaders, they just were not, Israel was not positioned to give the fruit that God had for the people. Like they weren't, they, there was no season, they, could, they couldn't do it. They, they, and, and Jesus, at times, as hard as this for us, for us to understand, at times, there are things that He will let die. In, in Lent, we are leading towards this triumphal, like the week before Easter is Palm Sunday. And we're leading towards this triumphal entry at Palm Sunday. And at Palm Sunday, what Jesus does, we see it as this glorious moment, and it is, where they're worshiping Him. But what happens when He enters the city is that He weeps over the city for not having seen the fullness of what God had brought to them. The entire like, life of Jesus is his, him being raised a Jew, him, you know, like ministering to Jews, and him ultimately coming to this confrontation with the fact that the very thing that had once nourished people was, was no longer, it was going to be an axe that was caught at the root. Jesus came to his people. He reasoned with them for three years, and most did not listen. Three years of no fruit on the fig tree. I, I want you to know that God is not, he is a God of fruitfulness. Like he demands fruitfulness from your life. Like you might not know this, but he demands fruitfulness. Like John 15 says that the way you prove, the, the proof that you are as disciples is that the fruit of God comes out of your life. Amen? But Jesus is a patient gardener. Now, we don't know the end of this story. We don't know the end of the story. We don't like, it's just one of those stories in the scripture where it's just like, oh, here you go, got to deal with it. And we don't know the end of the story. We don't know if the, far, if the master of the vineyard came back home and realized this thing did produce fruit. Let's keep it around for a little while longer. But, but what we know is that Jesus is such a thoughtful, patient gardener that He's so careful to tend to those He's responsible for that He tends even to a fig tree in a vineyard. Now, how many of you have ever been to a vineyard before? I, I've, I've actually seen fig trees in the vineyard. It's like a nice little bonus. Like, they, it's something that's that's quite common. It's, but here's the deal about a fig tree in a vineyard. It's a nice to have, but it's not essential for business. Like that's what, the, that's what the owner of the vineyard is saying is like, this is taking up space. It's not what, it's not what the land is for. It's nice to have, but if it's not going to produce fruit, we need to get it out of the way. Like I, I don't know about you, but... No one's going to a winery for a fig tasting. 
you show up to a winery and they just give you figs, you're going to be annoyed. (laughs) It's like a nice accoutrement to have with the wine, though. But a vineyard produces grapes which are turned into wine. And yet Jesus is patient as a gardener even with the side dish tree. Think about that. He's patient even with the thing that's not the main thing. Because He is so patient in our lives. Our Father, make it simple. Our Father demands fruitfulness. Because as we bear the fruit of Him in our lives, others get to taste and see that the Lord is good. But don't let the limitlessness of His love confuse you with the urgency of His conviction. Do not let the limitlessness of His love for your life confuse you about the urgency of His conviction. He is the owner of a vineyard who comes and says, I want this land to produce something good. But if you produce fruit... You won't grow it by watering yourself. Jesus, as in John 15, is is both the vine, and you are the branch, and the gardener. Don't tell me how it works out. But he's both of those things. So to sum it up, who is Jesus in this parable? I already told you I don't know what the parable fully means. Jesus is urgent, but he is patient. He is convicted, but he is flexible. He is a pragmatic vineyard owner, but a really willing and sensitive gardener. When you read the scripture, when you experience life, Don't interpret away the things about God you don't like. Let Him be all the things that He is to you. Let Him be all the things that He is to you. So I want to have us come and grab the elements and go back to our seats. I want to bring you back to the the pictures at the table that will help us to walk away with something. I told Andrea when I I pondered on this text so many times this week, but I told her I was like to preach this text in some sort of scientific way when it's a very mysterious scripture would be kind of like trying to get a basketball into a hoop by hitting it with a baseball bat. It's like the wrong tool for the sport. This is, this is not a straightforward text. It's one, like all of Jesus' parables, that are meant to turn and turn and turn.
like a diamond that has many sides. Um, but what I want to, but the, but the thought that I want to bring you to with this meal is that God desires for you to produce fruit. There's an urgency around it. And he's patient to nourish you, to help you get there. And if you can absorb that tension of his love, it will do something in you. You can't fertilize yourself. Fig tree doesn't pull out its arms and put the manure around, you know. You can't do it. You are, he is both the vine, you're the branches, the gardener, the master of the vineyard. He's like, he's ten characters in the story. But I, I just want us to come with that sense that he wants you to produce fruit, but he's patient to get you there. Let's just be silent for a moment before we receive.